Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to the edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce, joined tonight by the Juice Man himself. Juice, let's be honest, buddy. I don't think either one of us are going to have fun on this episode. No, uh, it wasn't a fun baseball game in general. It's one of those that uh, through 162, you probably don't remember much except for maybe the last, almost the last play of the game with, you know, Willie Harris sending Jake Marisnik home. Um, we're going to dive into that. But, uh, yeah, offense pretty quiet. Bullpen does what they do, which is keep the Cubs in the game. And the Cubs got just out starting pitch today in a lot of ways. And uh, that happens when you're playing a team that's going to throw, you know, three or four gem of a guy, you know, starters actually throughout a given series in the Mets. But, uh yeah, nothing to be worried about. I think the Cubs are still good. You know, I mean, it's at the end of the day, just didn't have it tonight, just didn't hit. And uh, we'll talk about the send and some of the things that they could have did to win this ball game. But if you're a Cub fan, keep your head up high. This is this is one of those series I feel like, and I don't know about you if you talked about it yesterday. This felt like one of these series that's like just poised for a letdown. You know, I mean, it's yeah. after having a great home series. And then you go on to the East Coast and play against the Mets with that starting staff. It was just poised for one of those letdown series. And now they are in danger of being swept with video game DeGrom on the mound tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they can muster up like a 1-0 win. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we we, we sure will. But uh, just real quick for those that maybe didn't get to watch this game, not a very high-scoring affair uh, despite – Quite a, quite a decent amount of action throughout this one. Um, biggest thing that happened for the Cubs, Javi Baez hits his 15th homer of the season. That was nice to see. He went oppo there. Um, and that actually made it 2-0, uh, 2-0 Cubs in the top of the third, but then the bottom of the third. Pete Alonso's single with two men on ties the game uh, at 2-2, and the Mets would never look back because the same man, Pete Alonso, then in the bottom of the fifth, uh, hit a sack fly with the bases juiced. I mean, all things considered, Brothers gets out of it with only – letting that up um but unfortunately that's all she wrote because then uh, like you said being out out starting pitched indeed uh alec mills started this one he's two and one now in the year he goes four and a third five hits three runs all earned uh two walks six strikeouts so a pretty decent day for mills overall but holy shit when walker's now six and two and he goes seven innings with five hits two runs and no walks and 12 k's Holy shit. Yeah, you ain't doing much because uh, I know they said it on the broadcast. And, uh, I mean, when Ian Happ before that ninth inning was your last base runner in the fourth inning, you ain't winning a lot of ball games when they can go, what, I think they said it was 15 straight that were retired by Mets pitchers tonight? Yeah. Tough. Very, yeah, it just, tough. it just seems like any – I don't know if you feel this way. Uh, I was watching the ESPN broadcast. I don't know if that – if Marky even had one. Um, Marky did. But I was blacked out, so you know how it works up here. I'm stuck watching that staff. Um, but it feels like every time they put up a graphic, it was talking about how the Mets are playing better baseball. You know, their guys are really starting to click. It just seems like one of those times you ran into, you know, wrong team at the time that, you know, I mean, they they play this series, you know, a month away, and who knows? It's, it's a different story maybe. But I don't know, man. It's uh, – I, I circled two things for tonight, and it's the fact that in the first inning when you did have him on the ropes, you couldn't cash in, 
And that kind of set the tone for the rest of the ball game. It almost felt like once Walker got through that first inning, it was like the weight was let off of him. And minus Javi running into a pitch and, you know, hitting a home run for the two runs that were scored in the ball game for the Cubs, it just seemed like he was in control the whole time until, you know, that wacky ninth inning, which I don't know, man. It's there's there's things that you could do do to win this ball game. And I think that's the most frustrating part of it because if he isn't sent and we can play money, money morning quarterback, all we want, right. You know, it did take a perfect throw. I understand the, the opposite side of the argument, but with that said, like there's one out in that inning. And I just think it's a really aggressive play for what, you know what I mean? It's what's the, the risk of the word is you tie the game if he doesn't make that perfect, mm-hmm. but you ran yourself out of an inning by sending him there. And essentially after that, I know Hayward put, put a great at bat in at the ninth two to, to work a walk. But after that, it just seemed like with the at bats that Alcantara had tonight, it was, he kind of knew going up there that he really didn't have a, you know, a shooter's chance to, to drive that run in. But with that said, you know, it's uh I think the most, like I said earlier, I think the most frustrating thing is, is like it's the little things that could have won this baseball game, mm-hmm. and they didn't do that as well as they need to because they're not the team that can just roll the lineup out there and be the Cubs. You know what I mean? Like right. they have to do things right to win ball games because the huge, you know, margin, the small margin for error that the starters kind of you know, put on this ball club, I think is the problem because once you then pass it over to the bullpen, it's like you, you were constantly playing catch up tonight, you know, that's, yeah. and that's not a good recipe for them because it, with that pen, you would hope you have a lead and then you can go, you know, from the fifth inning on, that's kind of sure. how it sets up when you're trailing a run there, just such a, a lot of little stupid mistakes kind of derailed this game. And it feels like, the last two nights were almost like that, right? Like yeah. last night they kind of slept, walked, and through the whole game it felt like. And tonight it's like, all right, we were in it. And if you do the little things opposed to, you know, just trying to do too much, maybe you end up with a victory in this one. But, yeah, yeah just uh, a little frustrating. But I, like I said earlier, I don't think this is anything to be you know, super, super confused about or, or concerned about. Sorry, not confused. Concerned about. Um, but – yeah, just frustrating. It's a kind of frustrating game that you'll rip up real quick. Yeah, and I agree, though, with what you said earlier in the show, Juice, about kind of this series, right? And I, I touched on it a little bit on yesterday's episode. I think Cody and I uh, even touched on it when he slid in later uh, after I had already started. But, like, after that ma- ma- you know, monster homestand, you go, you know, you win a series against the Padres, you come home, full ballpark at Wrigley, an electric atmosphere against the Cardinals, and then you go to the New York and it's, I don't think full capacity yet. And of course it's not all Cubs fans. And so just like, again, you go from this high, you know, intensity adrenaline environment to this and you yeah. travel. And, and again, the Mets, again, we joke about this team having 2015 vibes. Well, I get 2015 vibes right now from this Mets series because the Mets just outpitched the Cubs. That's what happened in 2015 too. And, and that's kind of what happened tonight. And, and Cody, there's a fun exchange here in the comments that I do want to share for those that will ultimately <laughs> listen in the, uh, in podcast form at some point, but uh, Cody are our, our loved and, and trusted co-host here says all things, all things considered 
the Cubs lost because the Mets beat the shift. And yeah, I mean, it, that certainly helps. Um, but then Scott from Iowa chimed in. He said he blames himself because he was sober the last two nights. Come on, and Scott. Cody Cody turns that in and says he blames Scott now. So sorry, Scott, but apparently you are the scapegoat for this one. You just remember, you always got to hashtag crack them. Or in my case tonight, I'm hashtag sipping them. But, yeah, I'm, um, I'm water tonight, so I can't. I I'm with that, Scott in that. That was me yesterday. So I, I kind of blame myself for that yesterday, too. But. But, you know, like you said, I mean, it's just this series has been so weird. Obviously, this team's still really hurt. Um, you know, the the pitching staff, I mean, let's be honest. Peterson had his best, one of his best games of the season yesterday. I mean, his record said it. He was 1-5 coming into that game. But you knew Walker was going to be good. He was 5-2 and two coming into tonight's game. And granted, I think he even outpitched what a lot of people thought he would do. Um, but he looked really good. And it's yeah. hard to beat a good pitcher like that. Like you said, I mean, hell, they were in this game for – the whole time, you know, the whole time, and, and like you said, I think why it's it's slightly frustrating for Cubs fans is because, like you said, there there are little things they could have done to win the game. You know, a little thing here, a little thing there. Again, you get more than one fucking base runner between the fourth and the ninth inning, where Ian Happ was their last base runner before the Wilson Contreras single then to the ninth. Who knows? Maybe maybe one of those innings you muster up a run, and and maybe we're going to extras, and it's a whole different ballgame. You never know. Again, that's the beauty, like you said, of playing Monday morning quarterback. We can sit here all day and be like, well, if they did this, if they did this. But at the end of the day, if you're this Cubs team, you got to execute. And it just really felt like tonight that there was, again, parts of the night where they just didn't execute. They executed great in the first inning. I mean, they put a lot of pressure on Walker right out the gate. And then that rest of that game just it felt like they were – Hoping and praying. I mean, a wisdom single and then the hobby home run obviously led to, to some type of offense. But really outside of that, I mean, after that first inning, it really never felt like the Cubs had any like real threatening offense the rest of the night until that ninth thing that we mentioned. And, and Juice, I know I know you're, you're chomping at the bit to dive into this one a little more. And I think we can. Um, just quickly for those again, that didn't see the game, uh, Mills four and a third, the bro- brothers pitched two thirds. Uh, Keegan Thompson went two innings a night, looked pretty good. Uh, worked his way out of a little bit of a jam. Winkler just continues to be really solid and nobody talks about him. Uh, Lugo gets the two out, uh, two innings save, uh, ultimately for the Mets. That's his first season. And as we mentioned, Walker gets the win, but obviously the, the talk of the town for this game, at least for the next 24 hours, because again, beauty of baseball, you, you're, you're right back at it most days the next day, but is the send by Willie Harris. And I, I think I think both sides have a fair argument here. And, and I'm going to play a little bit of a, a devil's advocate. I'm going to play that, like, um, what's the term that I'm looking for? The fair weather fan in Chicago uh, when they like, oh, I like the Cubs and the Sox. I'm going I'm to play that <laughs> on this angle here because, like you said, in that situation you've won out, right? And there's so much that could happen if you first and third, who knows, maybe Jay Hay, instead of taking a walk because he's got two outs and he's trying to be real disciplined, maybe he tries to give one of those balls just a ride to the outfield because you know, Marisnik's a good runner from third base and he scores easily on a sack fly. And then you're still tied anyway. And it doesn't fucking matter. You know, Alcantara can come up, strike out in the inning. No big deal. You go to the bottom of the ninth, you keep the Mets off the board. Maybe you go to extra innings. But at the same time, it really did take a perfect throw. And that was a hell of a throw from Guillermo or whatever his name is. I mean, that was an incredible throw. Cause I mean, I get it. And, and Marisnik again is also your, probably your best base runner outside of maybe like a Chris Bryant. I would say those two are probably like a one and one a, I think Marisnik is just a little faster in terms of straight line speed, but overall those are definitely your two best base runners. So if you have him on first in that situation, I get it. I get it. But like that ball didn't get as deep into the gap. I don't think as I would have hoped if it got a little deeper into the gap without 
um, Rosario cutting it off in, in the right center gap, then I totally am like, oh, yeah, you got to send Marisnik. And if he gets thrown out, hey, they got him on a perfect play, shit happens. But in that case, it's like that ball wasn't all that deep. Like, no. yes, it was deep. I know people right. are like, of course it was deep. I know it was deep. But, like, if that ball is probably 10 to 15 feet deeper into that gap, like if oh, Sogard he scores gets more standing air up. on it, yeah, he scores with no issue. And Sogard's for sure at least at second base. You know, and then all of a sudden it's a very different ball game because now you only have one out. You got Sogard in scoring position. Who knows? Maybe the Cubs are able to take the lead, and then you're able to, you know, get Kimbrell up in the bullpen and, and close this thing out, and you get a, a crazy, you know, ninth inning win. But like you said, I mean, again, we can sit here and talk Monday morning quarterback. I still want to hear your thoughts on it, but I can see the argument from both sides. And I think that's what makes it frustrating is because it was such a great – it's like I call it the, like, the teetering the fine line where, like, you can kind of fall over in either direction and you'll still be okay. That's how this – kind of play happened and I, I'm not going to fault Willie Harris like I think he's done a great job as the third base coach all year I'm not going to rip him apart but it's just like the best way I can sum it up is that's one of those plays where you're just like fuck man we can't catch a break <laughs> you know what I yeah mean? I, I look at that play in like three prongs I look at it as it took a perfect throw mm-hmm. but it also takes an imperfect throw for Marisnik to score which makes me feel if that's what has to happen, then that's kind of you're you're playing with your own odds there. You know what I mean? Like I would never want to put the ball in the hands of somebody else to determine my fate. And at that point, you kind of do. You know what I mean? Sure. That's and that's that's the first prong I look at. The second prong is why wasn't Marisnik on second base already prior to the hitting the gap? Mm. I thought that he should have been stealing the base anyway on McCann. If not, if that's not what you want to do, if I'm not mistaken, it's a two and two. um, It's a two and two count. Why aren't you hitting and running there with a guy like Sogard? I get he strikes out a lot, but you're trying to pick the base anyway. So it's like, I, I, I get it. You could run yourself out that way too, but I'd have more faith of Marisdick stealing second than, you know, and maybe opening up some some holes for Eric Sogard, who does roll it over into that gap a lot. Right. I didn't understand why the hit and run wasn't on in there. You have your fastest guy there, and you have a guy who puts the ball on the ground a lot. It was that was a the third prong of that that I'm sitting there the whole time thinking, all right, if he's not going to steal, mm-hmm. then you got to play hit and run or something, and because you got to make sure you stay out of the double play. Right. And I was going to say, especially because it feels like. Maybe more so this year, I think more games we're seeing it a lot more out of Ross, but Ross likes to use the hit run. I mean, he's been very big proponent of it this whole season. We've seen it work out a lot of times for the Cubs where, you know, a routine single that should just be kind of station to station base running turns into a first to third situation because he has that guy in motion. And like you said, Marisnik is probably your fastest base runner. Why aren't you having him go in motion there? Because again, like you said, if he's in motion there, he scores standing up. Even and and even with the perfect throw, he's probably still going to score because he can get under the tag. Yeah, I I I think if he's in motion, even if I think he scores standing up, regardless of that, because he had to freeze real quick. And I know that you know you're chancing the fact that if Sogard hits it on the line at somebody, then you technically run. But how many times has he done that throughout his 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 time here? You know, he hasn't been very well. At worst, he's striking out. And I think that regardless, on a K, I think 
McCann has no shot to throw out Marisnik at second. I just don't, and I don't, I don't have uh, McCann's, you know, th- you know, steal caught stealing rate or anything on hand right now. I haven't looked that up, but right. I just have that much faith in Marisnik's running at capability of stealing that bag on a strikeout than I do them hitting a cutoff man and him having to score from first on you know two feet planted in the ground on a liner into the outfield. That, that's what I think is the correct move. And I think if you were chatting off the record with David Ross, he would be like, well, yeah, maybe I should have, you know, got him moving on or, you know, moving earlier in the count. But I don't know. Like it's, it's tough in that moment too, to, to make that call because you don't want to run into an out either. So I get the other side of it, why you didn't send it. But with that said, I, I, my, if I were managing the team, I'm putting him in motion in there. That was just my – that's the way I would have played that that ninth inning just because yeah. I need one run, I got to be aggressive, and my offense hadn't shown that they were going to, you know, string together hits either. Yeah. So I understand the send in a little bit because of what you've seen from the offense, but I think the third prong for me is the most important and that I think he should have been in motion prior to the pitch. So – I see it. I, yeah, I see both sides. I really do. But I lean on the side of I never want to put the game in somebody else's hands to beat me. You know what right. I mean? I want to do things that I I can control myself, and I feel more in control by putting out the stop sign there on having second or first and third with you know one out yeah. and giving. If Hayward works that walk, then you're looking at bases loaded. I don't know if they would have pitched him that way, obviously, but we'll we'll just for fun here in a vacuum play it as that how it was. And then you're looking at Alcantara, and I have no idea who would have batted after that. Um, yeah. But you're giving yourself two cracks at it, opposed to having to work a walk from Hayward and only giving yourself one crack at it mm-hmm. with Alcantara, who, you know, kind of – he had a rough night. Yeah. So that's my that's my two cents on the whole send. I tweeted at the moment that I think it's the worst send I've ever seen in a baseball game. I'm probably I, I should probably put myself in Twitter jail for that because there's probably worse sends I've seen. I just don't remember them. And in the moment, being a little pissed off, you're like, what the hell are you doing? Sure. Um, but Willie Harris and has has kind of He's been really aggressive, in my opinion, and and that's that's good for a lot of things. But maybe this kind of reels him back into the, hey, we need to have you know legit sends with with actual probability worked out in our head before we, you know, move on. And I'm sure David Ross will sit down with him and say, hey, what were you seeing? You know, yeah. why why was that something that? But and and that's what's so hard because the room for error when you're against starting pitching like that is so minuscule right. that it's those plays that we're talking about. You know yeah. what I mean? It's Absolutely. and that's fun because that, that means it's a good, it's two good teams going against each other. Yeah. And that's why, you know, tomorrow, hopefully the Cubs can get out of Dodge with maybe one runoff of DeGrom or they just, you know, hold tight until the bullpen try to work a lot of walks or I don't know. Maybe he's got like, <laughs> maybe he's got stick him on his hands and you know, he gets tossed early. <laughs> Toss him in the I, first. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> if I'm the Cubs, I'm doing whatever I can to score, you know, one run, if that. And then you just yeah. hold on to your butts because, I 
mean, that guy is unbelievable. I'm going to be watching tomorrow because I'm going to be on this, to, and it'll be uh, be interesting to just see, you know, what kind of movement he has. I don't know about you. Ever since they – and this is a fun just baseball topic. I know we're probably going a little too long before we preview the next one, but um, I've been watching attentively about, you know, the whole spin rate stuff, and, you know, it's interesting to see, and this is just a watch point for all of us here. You know, start watching, you know, our relievers and our pitchers because it's going to be really apparent really quick on who was using something, who wasn't. And we'd be <laughs> we'd be idiots to think that the Cubs weren't doing something because everybody in baseball was doing this. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see which guys out of that bullpen, which guys, you know, starting pitchers um, start to have a rough little go here post – you know, changing in the middle of the season of what the rules are. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a very good point. And, and like you said, Juice, I think going back just quickly, what you said between Willie Harris and, and David Ross, it almost felt like that might've been a situation where maybe Harris saw what you're saying of like, Hey, why didn't we have him in motion there? Because then I'm for sure sending his ass, but maybe he's like, you know what? I'm going to test it. I'm going to be aggressive because we need to be aggressive in this situation I'm going to go ahead and send Marisnik. He's one of our fastest base runners. It just doesn't work out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. This I would be very intrigued to be a fly on the wall for that conversation because I really think that would be a very, like, educated baseball conversation of them being like, oh, hey, why didn't you think about this? And maybe Ross is like, hell, you know what? You're right. Maybe if we do have him in motion there, obviously, you know, may, again, obviously maybe you're, you're praying to God Sogard doesn't strike out. But then again, I feel like Merzenich's fast enough to at least swipe second. Like, McCann hasn't had a ton of success throwing guys out this year. Like, I think they said on the broadcast it was like 32.8% or something like that. Which Okay, we'll see that even kind of adds to my argument there. Yeah, it's like not not overly impressive. I mean, it's not like he's gunning everything. Well, you cut that in half because if you're really giving Marisnik plus plus speed, right. then you're looking closer to like 18%. Sure. That's and, you're, and you're looking at an easy stolen bag then, and at least then – Okay, fuck, it's, you know, it's two outs, but you still have a runner in scoring position. So I, I feel I feel where you're going with that there. And and uh, and and what you said, too, about the whole spin rate thing, I think that's going to be really interesting, and that's definitely a kind of a long-term topic. I think not only for us here at Cubs on Tap and for Cubs fans, but league-wide to kind of keep an eye on because, like you said, you're going to learn very quickly who was using heavy substance and who was just, like, maybe dabbling a little bit, and they're like, all right, I just got to figure something out now. Um, to go from there, it'll be intriguing. I'll be I'll be intrigued to see how it works out. And conspiracy theories. I was I was reading on MLB, um, one of these MLB like forums that I read on uh, on Reddit, and there's a there's a conspiracy theory that they were letting them do this for half of the season, strictly because there are a lot of high profile free agent hitters out there, and owners would. That that it would bring down their their price because mm. they would have rough seasons. Mm. So there was that. Plus, it's going to be really interesting to see. <laughs> There's already one Tyler Glass now that is talking about how now that it got changed, it it affected his his arm and in his last two starts, he was trying to figure out something else. Now you're talking about, you know, with the injury epidemic that's going on post 2020, does this add to it? Yeah. Does this give this, you know, do, do you have a run on arms now? Because 
you know, they don't, they can't grip the ball as easy and they're trying to generate more spin. Mm -hmm. So then they overthrow Mm -hmm. and that's an issue. And if that's certainly something that is going to perk up, you know, the, the players union and it'll be talked about, you know, about, you know, 2022 potential strike coming. There's a lot of interesting connected baseball points right now that I think as Cub fans and as baseball fans in general, we can sit and talk about for hours and really have a million hypothetical situations where, you know, you don't know what's going to happen to baseball for the next couple weeks here. It'd be really interesting to see, you know, look at the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals have had one of the worst pitching staffs since they announced that they were going to start cutting down since that whole White Sox Mike Mike Schwitt or whatever his manager's name is over there on in St. Louis, who gives a shit? But it doesn't matter. Yeah, and um, since then they've been god awful. So were they cheating? You know, it's 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 really interesting right now, and I I'm I'm just for our viewers and for our you know listeners, uh, pay attention because it's this is a yeah. really interesting time in baseball. I was going to say, you kind of got everybody's wheels turning now, and I, I think that's a really interesting point. And I'm actually very much looking forward to to kind of seeing how that affects baseball because it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't think, you know, I really don't have much else to add because I don't have a, a hypothesis. I'm just, again, I'm very intrigued. Like, this is truly the situation where, like, you know, you're the one single guy in your group of friends and you go out to the bar and that one girl intrigues you. And, like, you really don't want to go say anything because you don't got a wingman, but you, like, you're kind of watching from a distance. It's kind of how I feel about this right now. I'm like, I don't really have an opinion on the whole thing. I don't know how it's going to affect everybody, but I'm going to sit back and I'm going to, you know, keep my eyes open and, and see what happens. So I'm right there with you, man. But I'll tell you what, buddy, are you ready to go ahead and look forward to, to tomorrow's game? Yeah. What, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. If we're, we're like laughing? this, I can't imagine why they're what, what they're thinking inside of their dugout. But I know they're probably yeah. thinking, eh, let's just go out there and, and we'll put good at bats together, see where see where it lands us. Let's just hope everybody has fun, Juice. That's sure. exactly what they're thinking. But as we mentioned, the Cubs are back at it again with the Mets tomorrow for game three of four in this series. Uh, and unfortunately, the next two games are against a Marcus Stroman on Thursday and one Jacob DeGrom. But before we get to that, uh, this game will be a 6-10 Central Daylight Time start once again on Wednesday at City Field. Usual suspects in both markets once again. 670 the score, Marquee Sports Network in Chicago, WCBS 880, WQBU 92.7, and Sports New York in the New York Mets market. As we, uh, as there was an article that came out today from here uh, uh, at Cubs on Tap and uh, on Tap Sportsnet, Robert Stock will make his major league Cubs debut, not total major league debut, but just his Cubs debut. Uh, he is being recalled to start tomorrow's game. He is unfortunately 0-3 with a 4-12 ERA and nine games at Triple AAA Iowa this season, but he does have, uh, I'm going to pull this number off the top of my head. He has 25 <laughs> punch outs in 19 and two-third innings with only four walks. Nice. And I, the only reason I remember that is because I wrote that article up earlier. But there you go. Good. And he paints, he paints a hundred with his fastball. I mean, he's he's got some stuff. He does have major league experience. Uh, he is thirty one years old, so he's certainly not um, quote unquote a spring chicken by any means. I mean, he's not old, but it's not like he's a some you know high profile twenty three year old coming up like some of these kids are for the Cubs. Um, 
He has 52 games in total uh, with both the Padres and the Red Sox from 2018 to 2020. And as we mentioned, Jacob DeGrom is on the mound for the Mets tomorrow. And why we keep giggling, ladies and gentlemen, well, let's talk about his video game numbers really quick. DeGrom is 6-2, and two, which, okay, that's a respectable number. His ERA is a .56. It's under one as a starting pitcher. Oh, and he has 103 Ks. And for those that maybe don't understand how much that is, Tyon Walker, who just stuck out 12 Cubs tonight, had 60 Ks coming into tonight's game. He's 103 fucking strikeouts, Juice. Holy shit. Here's the one thing, and I will I will say this real quick, and then I'm turning it right over to you for a preview and a fly the W player. Per MLB.com's preview, and I quote, DeGrom exited his start on Friday against the Padres after only 80 pitches due to right fixer tendonitis, but the Mets expect him to be ready in time for his next one against the Cubs. They will likely monitor his workload due to the injury scare. So can the Cubs chase DeGrom early by working deep, you know, counts in at bats, making him throw a lot of pitches, and maybe get him out of there by after the fourth inning, and then, ooh, maybe you can beat up the bullpen. So, Juice, that's where I turn it over to you with that information, sir. What do you got for me for tomorrow? Yeah, knowing how good he's been, he could throw a complete game on, like, 70 pitches or something like that. He's nasty. Um, preview for the game? Duh. Put the ball in play if you can. You know, that's that could, that'll be the name of the game. You know, try to at least make the defense make throws. That's I think that's the hardest. The guy's just unbelievable. Stupid it's, good. Yeah, I mean, put the ball in play. That's all I can say. You know what I mean? It's go up there with expert. And my bad to the viewers. I did not realize this was a, a four-game set. So um, still could split. Uh, it'd be the most difficult route to take a split. Um, between yeah. Stroman and uh, Degrom, but yeah, the, your your best bet as a Cub fan is uh, he's you know walking people early, driving up that pitch count. Maybe the Cubs are able to you know flare one out in the you know center field or into the outfield and score two or, or something on a you know one of those check swing kind of plays or I don't know, get runs however you can get them. Um, it's clear you're not gonna be hitting them around the yard, probably not. I mean, that'd be – who knows? Watch. Now now they'll score like 10 runs on them in the first inning or something, which would yeah, be like a miracle. Yeah. But with that said, uh, yeah, just put the ball in play. Make sure, uh, you know, the guys are – make sure you're not beating yourself either because it mm. seems like this is one of those games that, you know, like tonight come down to one or two plays uh, if you're able to keep yourself in it. But – yeah, keep it close, and uh, if it gets to be a bullpen game, I think the advantage sways to the Cubs, but um, you got to get there first, and hopefully uh, stocks? Stocks? Stock. Stock. Stonks. No, I'm just kidding. Stocks? Stonks? Yeah. yeah, that guy. Hopefully he can uh, you know, bridge the gap to the bullpen, You know, go toe-to-toe. It would be kind of cool to watch. The pitcher's duel tomorrow. Um, I'd be okay with it until it got to the bullpen. And, you know, I'd take a nice 5-0 Cubs win because they knocked somebody from, you know, the Mets bullpen around. That'd be cool. Um, But with that said, for the fly to W player of the game, I'm going to take Anthony Rizzo. I think uh, his approach just fits tough pitchers. He may even go into tomorrow's game choking up early just to put something in play. Uh, hopefully it's after you know a walk or an error or something like that, and the Cubs can get some early runs. 
Um, early runs would be big because, as they say, good starting pitching, you got to get to them early. So um, if they're going to win tomorrow's game, you'll probably know within the first three innings if they're going to have a chance because um, with a you know new pitcher on the mound for the Cubs who we don't know what you're going to get out of them, um, and a video game guy like that, this has the recipe of – getting away from you pretty quick if uh, if you're not ready to play early. So sure. um, with that said, uh going to go with Rizzo, and uh, fingers crossed that uh, they can get the best of the ground and be the first to do that because I don't think anybody's really done that, to be honest with you, yet. Yeah, I agree. And I actually a really good pick by you. I just wanted to share with you, Anthony Rizzo, in 14 career at-bats, is batting 500 with two RBIs against DeGrom. So actually has the best overall um, average based on amount of at bats. The only guy that technically has a better average is backup catcher Jose Lobaton. Um, he's three for five in his career with an RBI against Degrom. But in terms of actual number of at bats, Anthony Rizzo by far and beyond is the best Cub against Degrom. So I like your pick there. And and Juice, just like you were saying about the tough road to a split. Um, obviously Degrom and his cartoon esque you know numbers. Um, Let's not forget Marcus Stroman's having a damn good year too. In 13 games, he's six and four with a 2.33 ERA and 67 strikeouts and 77 to third innings pitch. So he's he's not fucking around this year either. Um, so the Cubs definitely have the the hard route right now to a split. You got to go through probably the Mets' two best pitchers that are healthy at least right now. Obviously, Syndergaard being healthy, he's probably number two. Still, Stroman as your third pitcher is absolutely insanity because, I mean, he was an ace in Toronto for how many years? But nonetheless, I agree with you, man. You just got to hope and pray that you can get to the ground somehow. You hope he has a bad game, maybe because of, you know, exiting early with that tendonitis. Maybe it bothers him tomorrow. Who knows? I mean, who the hell knows? Whatever it takes, uh, if you can get something out of him, that would be absolutely fantastic. And that's definitely the biggest key uh, heading into tomorrow's game for Sure. So um, I have no, not much else to add because I agree with you on a lot of those aspects. And just for shits and giggles, I'm going to go a little off the board with my fly the W pick tomorrow. I like your, your Rizzo one and I don't want to take yours. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Patrick Wisdom because I don't think Chris Bryant's going to be in the lineup. Uh, he obviously left tonight's game. I know we didn't really touch much on this, but uh, left tonight's game with a, uh, a right hand contusion. Um, they said he couldn't hold a bat, and that was why he got pulled out of the game. Uh, but ne- x-rays were negative, so nothing's broken. Um, it's just a really badly bruised hand, so he's probably going to be out at least you know, probably two to three days. Probably nothing too terribly crazy. Uh, I would expect to see him back at Wrigley uh, this weekend against the Marlins, probably in the lineup at some point. Uh, but I would expect Wisdom to get the start tomorrow, and you know, a guy that Degrom has never seen, and and maybe he makes a mistake and throws Wisdom a high fastball, which he loves to see, and maybe Wisdom nukes it in the left field, and who knows? Maybe that's your one run that gets you in that one nothing scenario to the bullpens, and then all of a sudden the Cubs can erupt. So I'm gonna go ahead and take Patrick Wisdom, or uh, as somebody people, some people have been calling him on Twitter, Patrick Wisdong. Uh, I don't know. If you <laughs> saw, I don't know if you saw that picture, Juice. I did not yet. Oh boy. Um, it, we'll just we'll leave it at that. I'll I'll we'll we'll talk about it off air. <laughs> um, Patrick Wisdom, he's my he's my fly the W pick uh, for tomorrow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to go ahead and wrap it up. But before we do, we want to remind you, Cubs on Tap is the official Cubs podcast of the On Tap Sports Network. You can go ahead and check out all of our great work at www.ontapsportsnet.com and at On Tap Sportsnet on social media. 
You could follow the pod specific accounts at Cubbies, that's C-U-B-B-I-E-S on tap. Uh, we are on both Twitter and Instagram there. You can follow myself. I am at Loose on Tap on Twitter. Juice is at Juice on Tap on Twitter. Uh, we also have other great guys here at on tap at Cody on tap at Joe Maris at the Riot 326 at Marty Laval and so many more. Uh, you go ahead and follow all of our great Cubs writers. And not only do we have great Cubs, we got Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, and yes, Cubs fans. Again, I say it every time. We all got socks, friends. Go ahead and bring them over to us as well, because I think our socks on tap group is pretty damn good. Um, so once again, www.ontapsportsnet.com and at ontapsportsnet on social media, the ontap sports network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Well, Juice, despite a not so fun outcome, Cubs losing three to two, uh, it was always a blast talking to you, buddy. The Juice and Loose show on the mic tonight. What do you say? We get out of here. The only way we know how to, my guy. Let's go, Cubs. Let's go, Cubs.